Hey, boys and girls. Before we get into this awesome podcast with our special guest who is going to help you to learn anything that you want better, I just wanted to share with you something that you're going to really love if you are enjoying listening and learning with our Real Life Radio podcast. Real Life Radio Audio Immersion Course. This gives you lessons for over 40 episodes that have the full transcript of each episode so you can follow along. But not only that, you also get all of the culture, the jokes, the vocabulary, and you get examples of connected speech to help you with both your pronunciation and your comprehension. Along with this, you also get files for the Unki vocabulary tool, which will help you memorize all of the new words that you learn in those episodes of the podcast. So go check those out. If you enjoy this podcast, it is going to be the best way for you to improve your English comprehension and fluency. You can find those at reallifeglobal.com slash RLR from Real Life Radio. That's reallifeglobal.com slash RLR. Aw, yeah. Now let's jump into the episode. Aw, yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true, lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw yeah? Oh yeah! What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people from all over the world? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, and conscious altering or totally tubular way to learn English. So download this podcast right now and listen to us while you're stuck in traffic, walking the dog, catching up on some Nietzsche, or jumping out of a plane. Alright. <laughs> Don't forget to pull the chute if that is you. Alright? Oh, what does pull the chute mean? Pull the chute means to pull the parachute. And what's a parachute? I guess you'd say pull the cord, right? You can say pull the chute. Yeah? Okay. Parachute is a... It looks like a big um, sail that you use to jump out of airplanes. And to... To, to not die. To not die. To slow down <laughs> your, your fall. Skydiving, right? We're talking about skydiving. Nice. Skydiving. Exactly. So, uh, just to introduce everyone here, uh, joined in the studio and also via Skype. Well, first of all, in the studio with Ethan. What's up, Ethan? Not much, just sweating. Sweating, you're bouncing there. Bouncing, bouncing and sweating. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest today is Kevin from Feel Good English. What's up, Kevin? What's up, y'all? <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> Kevin Conwell, right? That's I was, uh... 
I was um, thinking, you know, it's funny how English names, they, they're often um, called after professions, you know, like butcher, baker, um, and, you know, my name is Fishwick, Chad Fishwick. I think that's because my ancestors were just like wicked fishermen. <laughs> what does wicked mean in this case wicked can I can mean like evil in a, yeah. in a bad sense but in this case it's been kind of colloquialized as like saying something's really cool man that's wicked it's kind of maybe British and maybe a little old but I think it's just kind of like 90s it was 90s. popular in the states as well wicked man so oh. maybe Conwell so your ancestors Conwell. Are, your ancestors are from the 90s then Chad that was these wicked fishermen from the <laughs> but I was thinking Conwell could be someone who cons people well yeah you know I don't know the history of that I wish I could con people well I don't have that in me I'm, I'm a pretty honest honest guy but as far as my the history of my family I don't know a lot of of con men but uh, maybe I, I, maybe that uh, maybe back in the day they were common. Mm. I, I don't know where their money went because I didn't get any of that money. But uh. <laughs> they got conned by like someone named Con Better. Con Better. Ethan, Mister V, you want to explain what con means and what a con man is? So, or like a con artist, right? Yeah. So, like, con is to trick someone usually to give you money, or to like buy something from you, or it's, it's like to trick, right? Mm-hmm. And a con artist is someone who, like, as their profession, I guess, tricks people to give them money. Mm. Yeah, in other like, words, you, know, you could use, like, swindle, right? To swindle somebody or to swindle oh, yeah. would be kind of to, to kind of steal or trick somebody out of their money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a uh, – was it the um, – what's the name of that the profession, that old school back in the day, you might say, like Kevin just said? Um, the snake oil salesman? <laughs> yeah, sure. No, that was one of the original con men that would have a uh, some kind of remedy to all of your diseases or virus sicknesses or whatever, and he would sell you the snake oil. You still see these like in uh, some places in Europe where they'll have. I think it's it's usually kind of attributed usually to like gypsies that have like these games. They're like, oh, like come play, like you can win, you know, whatever. And it's, it's like gambling, but there's usually some sort of trick to it where. Like they'll put, uh, they'll have three cups, and there's a marble under the cup, and they show you, oh, it's it's so easy, just tell me which uh, cup the marble's under, and they switch them around, and you're like, oh, it's definitely under that one, and then all of a sudden they lift it up, the marble's gone because they have some some trick there, they're conning you out of your money. Mm. You yeah. know, you know what else I just thought of too is that movie from the, you know, I think from 15 years ago with Leonardo DiCaprio where he's a, he plays the part. It was a, it was based on a true story of a very famous kind of a uh, classic con man where he was a pilot and a lawyer uh, the, the movie was oh, called yeah. catch me if you can and he was right oh, yeah. and he got through i think he got through medical school and, and he did all of these <laughs> yeah. things he, he but he was conning his way through all of these situations and tom hanks was in the movie as well yeah yeah that was a very awesome movie i've seen that a couple of times i think it's a classic it's yeah a good, it's a good one for sure <laughs> cool man well uh, to get started obviously you are not a con man we do know that because uh, we've seen your amazing work on Feel Good English and just for um, some of our listeners who aren't familiar with Feel Good we want to, and, and maybe even yourself do you want to just give a quick personal introduction and then tell us a little bit about your, your project about, your, about Feel Good and the podcast and everything 
Sure, yes. Yeah. So Feel Good English has been around since April of this year. It's 2016, so maybe not, not a year yet. But um, what I do is I have, a, I have a podcast with one or two episodes a week. This podcast is for English learners, uh, and it's based on mostly books that I read. And these books are based on self-improvement, uh, could be business management, could be uh, how to learn things better, and these different ideas that kind of help make your life uh, more productive or could be make mm -hmm. your life um, more fulfilling, less stressful, all these different ideas that I like to bring to the podcast. And I teach them in a way that is more accessible for English learners so they can use them as daily English content uh, to, to help develop not only their English skills, but also develop their life skills as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what I, what awesome. I say is the, the, the podcast is going to help you become more fluent in English, but also more fluent in life. And so fluent in life is maybe something you've never heard about. And I actually got this idea from another English teacher. His name is Drew Badger, uh, who has his website, oh. English Anyone. He was on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he, he, I was talking to him with him once, and he was talking about becoming more fluent in finances because he was talking about a book uh, called, I think it was called The Richest Man in Babylon. And um, mm -hmm. So connected. You can be fluent in, the, in a language, but you can also be fluent in life. So I, I don't know what you guys think of fluency. When I think of fluency, I think of something flowing and, and, and easily moving. And so if you're mm -hmm. fluent in a language, you can use that language without hesitating, without thinking too much. And you're kind of flowing through the language. So if you, if you think about flowing through different areas in your life, you would be flu fluent in those areas as well. So... Reaching fluency, reaching fluency in different aspects of life. That's cool. One thing that just uh, popped into my head there is that, um, the fact that you're teaching English through self-development, right? And uh, Well, not through self-development, but you kind of combine those two topics together. And one thing that I, uh, I think people are very kind of hesitant when you say these words like self-development is because they connect that with the idea of self-help. I'm not sure. I think the, the word self-help has got a little bit sure. of a dirty yeah. name to it. You know, I think we were talking earlier about you know like con men and people getting swindled. Maybe a lot of people have a bad uh, first impression when you hear like self-development because they think of these kinds of like maybe fake, uh, I don't know, like life coaches and all this kind of stuff, right? Sure. You know, and it's a great point. And I think this is a difficult balance. Um, when when you read a lot of books like this and you get into this area, you do see a lot of crap online and a lot of people trying to sell, almost trying to sell an emotion or sell a fantasy, and mm. people buy that. But you know, without a lot of foundation, with actual uh, knowledge and insight on how to do things, that that product will fall flat. But anyway, there's a, there's a balance, and, and I think a big misunderstanding with self-help or personal development or whatever is that it's only for you like it's about me 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 and your ego grows and you just get stuck in this thing of this is all for me and I want to be happy and I want to be successful and I want to do this and I want to do that that's not my long-term goal with this my learning how to be more productive happier more focused um, more giving or 
you know, all of these things, you, you could look at it as just for yourself. But what, how I look at it is, is the more, the more that I have to to offer, and the better that I am able to deal with my day, and to set goals and achieve those goals, the more ability I have to do this, the more valuable I can be to other people. And these would be, this would be my family, my friends, my students. So it's not about me. It's about me becoming the best version of myself so I'm able to offer and to give more to other people in this world. And I think that is a better approach and that's a better place to come from. And that's a better uh, intention when you are getting into these, this, these areas in your life is to have this intention and have this mindset, which we'll talk about later too, a mindset of this isn't for me. This is, this is for me to become the best person I can be for other people. And mm-hmm. um, that's, that's, the, that's the approach that I take. But it's a, it's a hard, it's a balance. It's not easy. Sometimes you have to stop and say, okay, I'm reading this. I'm thinking about myself, how I can do this, how I can do this, how I can make more money, how I can do this. And we have to step back sometimes and, and ask ourselves, how is this going to help others? How is this going to benefit other people? How am I going to be of more valuable? How am I going to be of more value to others? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's cool because we, uh, just before we actually started recording the podcast, we were talking about just teaching English in general and how, how, how kind of like nowadays you're saying like, oh, sometimes, you know, most of the information, the informational stuff that you need to kind of find with English, like grammatical stuff and things like that, it's, it's first of all, it's probably not very um, motivating. Like, oh, I really want to learn that verb tense or I really want to learn that expression that maybe I'll never, ever use one day. I think it's cool that you're mixing this together because it gives people maybe a different purpose for learning English because they're like, hey, if I tune into Feel Good English, I'm going to not only, you know, uh, get kind of guided through the conversation by Kevin because he's helping me with all these words and things like that, but also I'm getting kind of information that I don't usually have access to, uh, maybe have access to it, but you're not so inclined to like read it or listen to it because there's no like, you know, maybe a different motive for like listening to it is, is the English aspect too. Yeah, and I, and I think that's an important... Uh, thing to touch on here is learning English is different than learning other languages in a very big way. Why? Because mo- a lot of the world these days has to learn English. Uh, th- it's not a choice. It's not by. It's not a, something they want to do as a hobby or as an interest. Learning another language. Oh, I love languages. I love learning languages. Now there are those people, of course, that are learning English and they love it. And so it's easy for them. They love going online and going to a video on YouTube from Ingvid and watching grammar lessons or uh, asking about an expression and talking about that one expression for 30, 30, 30 minutes, you know, and using it in every different way they possibly can. But I think that's the minority. The, the majority of English learners are trying to learn English because they want to get a better job, study in a foreign country, um, you know, all of those things that come in with needing to learn English or just connecting with people online. Um, so it's difficult because they're not doing it out of, out of pleasure. They're doing it out of necessity. The other part of that, I think, and this is something I've seen so many times after teaching for years and years, uh, all different types of students, you can become a fluent, confident English speaker without studying the language formally. Uh, so what does that mean? Without studying books, textbooks, and 
in, in learning grammar and learning all of that. And I've heard, I'm sure a lot of the listeners to this podcast have already thought about that. So you don't have to learn that way. So what do you have to do? Well, there's also, if you're a beginner, if you, if you, if you don't speak any English, you probably aren't learning, listening to this podcast because you wouldn't understand it. But I'm talking about once you get past that first level of understanding and once you are kind of communicative and you can get by, but you are trying to become more confident, more fluent in being able to use English naturally. What gets you there is just surrounding your, your day and, as you guys say, living through English. You have to connect with English daily, put it around you, listen to things, watch things, communicate in English, and just make English a big part of your day. Over time, it's not instant, but over time, you can become a confident English speaker this way. So mm -hmm. my theory is why not make this content positive and inspiring? Why not, why not take content that you need to learn from and make it not only good for English learning, but also good for your life and help you stay motivated? Because motivation is huge. If you're not motivated to listen to that podcast or watch that video or learn that, whatever it may be. If you're not motivated, you're not going to do it. And if you don't do it every day, you're not going to really see progress. So for the people that aren't hugely big on learning languages that need to become fluent in English, they, they think of it as a, as a kind of, as a negative thing, as a big struggle like a in chore, their life, right? as a chore, uh, as a, you know, as a, yeah, just something that they just really want to get past. They really want to, Get that whole struggle over with. Uh, just, just this this podcast could really help with the, help them because you, mm -hmm. you you need to fill your day with English and do it do it in a, in a way that makes you feel happy. Maybe it's not personal development. Maybe you love learning about uh, dance or uh, hip hop or whatever that may be. It's just you need to find that, live through that, and fortunately, most of the content online is going to be in English on that, and mm -hmm. you just just. Go, go through it and, and, and just keep moving forward step by step and watch your language, watch your English naturally progress by connecting through it daily. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I guess, I guess the fact that it is the global language now, you know, whether we like it or not, and pretty much anything, like you said, anything you want to know, it's going to be in English. Obviously, with some exceptions of, you know, very different cultural stuff from, you know, like, Amazonian or you know these places that don't have uh, sure but surely that you can find anything on there we always uh, joke around because if you want to know about uh, <laughs> if you want to learn about Japanese gardening and see Drew with no t-shirt on <laughs> there's a couple of videos on his channel there that are pretty amazing Drew that's cool man that's really awesome um, and we wanted to talk to you about uh, using some of your expertise with connecting English learning and Kind of uh, self development and um, psychology, mindsets. Exactly, psychology and mindset. We wanted to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. What's pick your brain mean? To pick someone's brain is an expression, is to kind of just sit down with them, ask them some questions, and, and certain cert, to get certain answers which you're looking for about a particular subject. It's like to pick would be to. Um, Damn, how'd you explain that to pick? To like uh, pick flowers? <laughs> pick a flower, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking more of like a toothpick, you know, if you have some okay. um, some broccoli stuck in your teeth, you're going to grab a, a toothpick <laughs> and, and try to get that thing out of there, you know? 
before you go. So you're you you telling me you're telling me I have <laughs> broccoli in my in my brain? I, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> broccoli brain. Um, I guess so. Um, yeah, and, and I guess you know, and I uh, jump in here real quick, and I, and, and I am yeah. coming from a psychology background. I have a college degree in psychology, so obviously that is going to affect the way that I teach anything, even if it's English. And I, and, but I, I do think the feelings and the emotions behind doing anything are very, very important. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely I'm coming from a different place than a lot of English teachers, but I also find that helps uh, a lot of learners get through the, the hardest parts of learning, especially when they're not uh, really, really into it or really, really enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. But um, when, you, when you say into it, you mean um... if you're into something, it's so uh, you to be into something means you you like it. You're, it's an interest of yours. You are, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's something you enjoy. Like I'm into music. Um, I'm into sports. I'm into American football. Uh, you are into something means you you enjoy that you like that. Yeah. It's a it could, you could be also a say uh, you could also say for example if a girl like hey Ethan that girl is into you, <laughs> that yeah. means she would be kind of like have some romantic feelings towards uh, our buddy Ethan here, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Must be that beard. He's been uh, he's been growing this beard out, and he's looking pretty. All November. Uh, huh? All November. All November. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's something there's something about that in in November. Uh, with beards and, and mustaches. Uh, what's that about? That's Mo- mustache is March, right? Mustache no, I think March. it's called Movember for mustache. Oh, yeah, okay. that's true. It that's was. I think it's it's evolved into to Movember, which is beard or no shave November. No shave know. November. Oh, yeah. that's right. No shave November. That's right. They also have mustache March now. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not. I, I look like a total freak. You could say I look like a con man with just a mustache. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not you're not gonna find me with a mustache in March. That's for sure. There's a uh, there's a there's a certain sleaziness to uh, just the old growing out the mustache, isn't it? Not everyone can pull it off. Okay, what do you mean by first of all sleazy and pull off? Okay, Sle- sleazy is like kind of someone who's kind of dirty or they give you bad feelings. They kind of just like sometimes people just have this look. You think they might con you. It's like someone who has a face that they might con you. Yeah. And, or a sleazy um, guy talking to girls. He might be a little like really rude or he's being yeah. very direct or being really... Inauthentic. Exactly. Maybe. I say it. Good word. And uh, what was the other one? Pull, pulling something off. So it's like to pull a look. Usually it's talking about some sort of look means that you successfully are able to wear that. So it's like if you can... Not many people can pull off the mustache means that not many people look good with the mustache. Or it's like um, if you see your friend all of a sudden who maybe always dresses in a T-shirt is wearing a collared shirt or like a tuxedo, you might be like, you you can't pull that off. It's just not <laughs> sure. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or think of think of a woman who's wearing a, a very a short shirt, and her belly comes way out underneath that shirt. And, uh, <laughs> some, some people say she's not pulling that off very well. Uh-huh. But yeah, to, yeah. To each their own, right? To each their own. <laughs> Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> to each their own. To each their own means everybody has the, the freedom to do what they want. So if if, yeah. if she likes walking down the street with her belly hanging out, hey, to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> What's that called? The part of the uh, the the visible part of the belly is that the belly button? No, um, mid midriff. Midriff. Yeah, midriff. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's called midriff, I think. 
Yeah. Very interesting vocabulary here. We've got sleazy, midriff, pulling something off. Yeah. Talking about uh, growth mindset and all. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah, let me get, let me get into that. And um, it's a very powerful lesson, I think, growth mindset. And it's great for learners who are learning anything. It's also great for parents who have children and um, are interested in how to raise their children more effectively. I've done a couple po- uh, podcast episodes on this subject. One is on the book. Uh, actually, it was a TED Talk called uh, The Power of Believing That You Can Improve by Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck mm. also wrote the book called Mindset, um, and she's one of the leading researchers in this, in this area mm. of mindset, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute. There's another great book that I did an episode on. It's called The Art of Learning by Josh Whiteskin. Okay. And oh, he was going to bring that prodigy, up as well. Right? Yeah, he was a chess prodigy. He was like a chess champion at the age of 10. Uh, he got really famous. Uh, and Jim, then he... uh, Joey Fisher? What was it? Bobby Fisher? Bo- the Bobby. movie based on him? Yeah, Bob- Bobby, Bobby Fisher. Fisher. Sure. Um, okay. And, and I think he got, he got worn out on that, meaning he kind of did What does that mean? To be worn out. Think of wear. So to wear clothing, W-E-A-R, is to wear something is to wear clothing. If you wear out something in the present tense... It means you wore that that piece of clothing so so much that it's not good anymore. It's it's deteriorated in quality. It's gotten tired, for lack of a better word. So when you're talking about somebody getting worn out, getting worn out, so that's the adjective tense, worn out. It means they're 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 sick of it. They don't want to do it anymore. They're tired of doing that, um, mm-hmm. or they're just physically tired. I'm really worn out. I worked all day shoveling snow. And I'm totally <laughs> worn out. <Yeah. laughs> nice. So, um, yeah. So, so saying, yeah. Jo- Bobby Fisher got worn out. No, uh, <laughs> Bobby Fisher got Josh worn out White, with chess. Okay. Josh, Josh Whiteskin. Josh Whiteskin actually played. I think he played. Yeah, the movie was about his life. Uh, searching okay. for Bobby Fisher, and he talks about this as well. So he was a chess champion, and then he got worn out with playing chess, and then he became a an expert in a martial art called, I think, I forget the name, Tao Chi Push Hands or something like that. Uh, okay. oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I have heard that, Push Hand, yeah. Push Hands. He was, on a, he was on a Tim Ferriss podcast. That's he how was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, Tim, Tim Ferriss considers him a master learner. So mm. you think of this guy who's a master learner. He, he knows how to learn something to the very – and I think he, he – maybe he even does jiu-jitsu now. I'm not sure. but Yeah, that was, he won some championship, I think, in jiu-jitsu. Which is like, if it's like just thinking, I think taking that example is like the perfect example of growth mindset because he's, people said this guy, he's really good at chess and it was when he was young. And so people are like, oh, he's a chess, chess prodigy, mm-hmm. which means that it's like, you know, he's someone who was born with like that talent, this, mm-hmm. this incredible talent for playing chess. And then he's like, usually someone who plays chess, you don't think of them being able to kick someone's ass, being able to like <laughs> win a fight. Sure. And he goes and sure. he masters like two martial arts. Right. So it's like two very opposite things. So it's almost like proof of like, I'm not just like a prodigy at this. I'm just, you know, have mastered these principles of learning and I believe that I can do anything. And he basically proves he can do anything. Yeah, and that's a great point. And I've thought about this quite a bit actually because you, you, you look at a book like this and uh, this guy's obviously not the typical person you know he's a chess champ at the age of 10 you know people people have different levels different iqs you know obviously he's not your average guy however think of a guy that's 
so talented with learning things, and then he spends literally years writing a book, or I think maybe he spent a year writing his book, The Art of Learning, learning about how to share his his tactics, his strategies on learning. So he dives deep into the the whole uh, area of how do you learn something effectively? How can I share this information with my audience, with my readers most effectively so they too can can learn how to learn things more effectively? So you can take like books like this and, and, and ideas like this and you can really get tons of value because even though he is better at learning things than a lot of people, he has taken that talent, he's taken that skill to write a book to share it with other people. So there's tons of value Tons of value here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's like um, I'm not sure if this is a Bobby. Fi- oh, fuck, I keep calling Bobby Fisher. Um, <laughs> Josh Whiteskin. Josh Whiteskin. Uh, there's another book. It's called uh, Outliers. Have you heard of this? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And they, and they have the whole. They, they say to become like a master at something, at least like you know the top five percent in the world, you need to have something like ten thousand hours or something, right? They said it's more about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually just doing it. I mean, I'm not sure what he says about that in his book, but. I guess he uh, obviously he can't be doing each of these things for ten thousand hours, right? Because he just wouldn't have time to do anything else. Yeah, I think he, I think he's a little more deliberate with with his practice. Um, and, and I think the basic idea behind behind the ten thousand hour thing is, if as long as you're in, a, in a, an environment that is that is helping you improve, if you do if you practice something for ten thousand hours, you become an expert. So you're mm-hmm. you're, you're play, playing the violin, you're learning the violin, and you are around other people learning. You're around teachers, professors. You're practicing. So as long as you're in that environment, after 10,000 hours, you will be in a symphony probably in your city getting paid to be a violinist. Where mm-hmm. you take people like like Josh Whiteskin or Tim Ferriss who literally tried to take shortcuts and find, okay, what is the one specific little detail that I need to work on that will help me 10 times my, my learning speed or get to that mm-hmm. level faster and um, I think they're kind of taking some of that approach here as well. It's kind of like we, we've talked before I think on this podcast about the 80-20 rule. It's like the 20% of whatever skill that you have to learn to actually get 80% of the results and that's what these guys do is they try to find like that 10 or 20% that help them be as good as the people who, well not as good but almost as good as people who have maybe been studying it for years. Or, or you could take another approach with English learners. Let's say you are, you're going to go study in a university in the U.S. and you're studying law or something like that. Um, so you could either say, well, I need to become an excellent English speaker. So for a few years before, I'm going to learn as much English as I can and, and, and just become very fluent in all aspects. Or you could say, okay, I'm going to spend one year focusing all of my efforts on learning legal English, how to deal with legal English, and you dive deep into that field, deep into that area. So after that year, when you get to law school, you might not be able to talk about making sandwiches in English, but (laughs) you will be able to kill it, meaning you'll do very, very well with talking about law, and that's what Mm -hmm. your intention is anyway. So that's deliberate practice, and I I tell my listeners and students a lot is – you can picture English like, you know, thousands and thousands of different areas to talk about. So choose the ones that you need to talk about and you just kind of you go very deep and focused on one area. Talk about that a lot. Get really good with that and then move on 
to the next one and then move on to the next one. And you're building your database of all these different topics to talk about. Of course, you're going to find times when you, you know, don't know how to talk about something, but hey, that's just part of the process. And that shows you where you need to work on as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. also kind of like in English in any language, but uh, I think in English it's like 500 or 1,000 words or something that we use like 90% sure. of the time. So it's it's almost you can be more focused with just learning what are people using most of the time, and that's going to already get you to fluency pretty quick because you'll be confident in using the very um, colloquial, everyday English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that's great as opposed to like trying to learn all of these random idioms that, um, you know, People might use sometimes, might not. You'll learn it. You'll spend a day on it, learning it, and then you won't hear somebody use it until, you know, three years later. You're like, oh, I remember I learned that once. So that's not very, uh, <laughs> not very beneficial. Phrasal verbs, on the other hand, that could definitely be uh, part of the 80-20 where if you really want to understand Americans, I think native English speakers in general, phrasal verbs is something you have to focus on because you'll, you'll get yeah. stuck if you, if you don't. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like it's. I, I think one thing is how people they get very interested in like, oh, look at these quirky expressions or these idioms that kind of you know, they sound cool, but really there's not much point spending much time learning them because you know, once in a blue moon you might use them. Oh, once in a blue moon. Oh, I know once in a blue moon. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you get these English learners that just kind of like speak in like a you know. Uh, String of expressions. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I you, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, anymore. but you do. Yeah, you, it's poetic, and you get a little tear in your eye when you're talking. About <laughs> wow, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> but maybe we could uh, just come back since we got on a bit of a tangent here. Like, how can people start using like more of a growth or develop more of a growth mindset? What is growth mindset? I'm yeah, we so need to lost. really define it too much. So, so <laughs> yeah, let me let me set this up kind of with a story. And I've talked about this story before if people have listened to my podcast. But so I'm I'm six years old, eight years old. I think I was in no right maybe now. a little no yeah. so no now now I'm twelve. I'm twelve years old actually. I'm, okay. I'm a, so so visualizing the situation. So picture me, Kevin. Now I'm. I'm I'm ten years old. I'm in sixth grade, uh, and that's actually a good point for English learners. So I'm, I'm I'm using the present tense, but I'm also talking about a story in the past. I'm trying to, to put us into the situation of this time. So I'm ten years old. I'm in sixth grade, and I, for some reason, I decide oh, I want to learn Spanish. There was a an early morning Spanish class before school. So literally, I remember walking to the class in the dark. It must have started like six to six thirty, seven a.m., something like that. No idea why I w- wanted to do that at the time, but I did. Uh, <laughs> so I go there. I learn some Spanish words for colors: uh, azul, roja, whatever that was, laranja. And then, uh, so then I started showing off, showing off your Spanish skills. There, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> show, show off. Nice use of the phrasal verb. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, so then I got interested in that, and I started taking Spanish classes from that point on. Junior high, which was six, which was seventh and eighth grade, took Spanish. High school, took Spanish class. Kept going, kept signing up for Spanish class. However, I was 
a very bad student, and this was always in this very and, and, and not until a, lot, a few years ago did I did I kind of look into this. See, I was a very bad Spanish student, but I kept going back into class because I was a bad student. I started thinking, you know what? I'm just not good at language. I want to learn Spanish; it's a goal of mine, but I'm just not good at this. So. I got even worse. I stopped studying. I stopped caring. Maybe this comes back into my con man roots. I even started cheating on tests sometimes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was there yeah, somewhere. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a part of me. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> and even through college, the first couple of years, I just still would sign up. But I felt like literally one of the worst students in class. I couldn't learn words. You give you the, they give you a list of words. You got to go home, learn these words, and I just couldn't do it. Maybe I could have spent more time on it, but I also I would look at the list. I would make flashcards. You write one word on one side and the translation on the other side, and I just couldn't do it. In class, it was horrible. I would get nervous. I would even shake if you have to go give a dialogue up in front of class and you have to talk to somebody else. I knew I was going to sound like a, a fool. Uh, in Why that do you situation. say shake in this case? What does shake mean? Shaking. My body was shaking, trembling, you know, because I was so nervous. When you yeah. get really, really, really nervous, your body starts shaking, trembling. Uh, and, and, and I would feel that anxiety uh, to the point of almost having an anxiety attack. You kind of get out of breath. And, and so I kind of just gave up. Literally, the, the second year in college, my sophomore year, I think I got a D. Uh, and I was like, you know what, a D as a grade, which is almost an F, but somehow I swindled, I conned my way into a D, and uh, I'm going to become the con man now through this episode. But uh, uh, I gave up. The, a couple years later, I went to Spain. I actually started traveling. And I was in the streets, and I tried to use the little Spanish that I knew. And to my surprise... I could communicate somewhat with the people around me. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Once I'm having fun with this, once I'm around people, I can actually start communicating in the streets with people that are native Spanish speakers. So it kind of opened my eyes to something, but not, not that much. So then that same year, I was living in Prague, the Czech Republic, uh, studying there. I was studying economics and Czech language is a very difficult language to learn. It's a very specific Slavic language, very hard. I was learning it kind of in the classroom the same way, not being good, being one of the worst students, trying to memorize lists. However, in the streets, when I was around other students that were learning Czech, and maybe they were better in class than I was, I was the one that was going up and asking questions from people, talking with people, ordering beer for the group, getting the, mm. the train tickets for the group because they would send me to go do that. They were doing better in class. I was the one actually communicating in the streets. So I literally said at this point, for lack of a better expression, I said, fuck that. I am not going <laughs> to try to suffer through learning Czech in the classroom in thinking that I am just a bad learner, that I need to try harder, work harder than everybody else because I'm not good at learning languages. I said, my way of learning is throwing myself into the street communicating with people, using the language in real life to communicate and to use mm -hmm. the language how it's supposed to be used. So that was huge for me. And what that, what that lesson taught me, and now what I share with my students and my listeners, is we all can become good at something 
if we learn the right way, if we learn the way that works for us. If we put in the necessary effort, we find tactics, we find approaches that work for us. And this is the growth mindset, well, which Carol Dweck talks about. And Josh Whiteskin, he calls this the, uh, let me find the word for this. He has the same uh, idea, but he call, he gives it a different label. And he calls mm. this the uh, entity mindset versus the incremental mindset. So we have the growth mindset versus the static mindset, the one that doesn't move. What mm-hmm. is the name of that? Um, I guess when you say static, you mean like you have uh, you you create your own limitations for what you can and can't do, and it doesn't it, it doesn't move, right? Yeah. So it's basically like the the main idea is this one way of thinking, and this is an outdated, bad, negative way of thinking. Is you're born with abilities, and that's it. You're born with a certain level of 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 being able to learn something or not or you have certain mm-hmm. talents and other talents you're never going to have and this is could be an entity mindset versus a growth mindset or incremental mindset which states that we all can become great at something we all can learn something if we do it incrementally if we do it step by step if we do it deliberately if we focus the necessary effort into something we can learn that and this comes through hard work through finding the approach that works for you. But basically, if you can imagine your your brain growing based on your work and your practice and, and what the time you're putting into something, your, your brain is growing in these areas because the brain has the ability to, to do this versus your brain just being a like a rock or like a, a thing that doesn't change. It just stays the way it's, it is and it's fixed. It's a, that's the word I was looking for, fixed mindset. So we have fixed mindset versus growth mindset. So a, a fixed mm-hmm. mindset would mean if you're bad at languages, you shouldn't even try because your brain isn't going to improve in that area. So just give up. Uh, mm-hmm. try, try something else. Go learn how to uh, skydive or something like that. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> so that and don't forget to pull the sh- pull the cord in this case, right? Yes, while while listening, while learning English, right? You can do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's that's the idea there. Kind of a long winded story there. Long winded meaning very um, a lot of words that I use there. But yeah, the growth yeah. mindset versus the fixed mindset. Awesome. It's kind of like the. I think a good thing to look at with that is the excuses that you make for yourself. So is it like, oh, I'm not good at this. It's just, you know, I was born bad at this and I, I can't get any better. Um, or I'm not good at this. I need to work harder. It's kind of like the the people like Josh Whiteskin or Tim Ferriss or, you know, other people who are very successful, even like people who maybe aren't famous for that. Uh, they tend to have more of a growth mindset when things don't work for them, when they make mistakes when they fail at something, for them it means, okay, I need to do something different, I need to work harder, I need to, um, to learn, instead of you know, do, making themselves an excuse and just giving up. Sure, right. And, and you, know, you can compare this to uh, the gym, working out. Uh, let's say you, you go to the gym and you see all of these, you're new, you just decided to, to get fit. And you see all of these fit people. Fit meaning? Eh, healthy, in shape. Uh, if you're fit, and where does that to be fit? To be fit, where do you think that comes from? I think so it's have... because like your clothes fit when you go to the gym. 
Yeah, man. Or, <laughs> or at least the, the clothes Before that you want. Fitting. Yeah. Yeah. The clothes that you want to fit, fit, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. To be fit. Yeah. I'm just making a joke here just because to fit can be like, um, like if the, if the shoe fits. Yeah. Or if it's too small, it doesn't fit. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe so if your guns right get too big, the, the sleeves won't fit. They'll rip. <laughs> what are guns in this case? Mm. Guns are like what uh, guys that like to work out a lot like to call their arms. Yeah. Like gym, gym rats like to call their arms uh, a gym guns. rat? Someone who spends a lot of time at the gym working out. Yeah. Might I even call them a meathead? A meathead. <laughs> Did you guys say that? <laughs> it's yeah. kind of someone who's like all, all uh, buff, no brains or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. they tend to not have necks. They're just uh, some <laughs> sure. steroids or something. I don't know. Their head, their, their head is just a big piece of picanha. <laughs> picanha. So, uh, picanha? picanha is a delicious Brazilian cut of beef. Uh, it comes from the top of the, the sirloin. It's like the sirloin cap. Nice fatty piece of steak. And I was just in Brazil a few weeks ago and went to a churrascaria, which is a barbecue restaurant. And had wonderful picanha. They they cook it like no one else. It's it's delicious. Mm, mm. It's yeah. kind of like a rump. Would that be rump steak? The butt? No, <laughs> I, I don't think it's the rump because the rump is the butt, uh, which I think is a little harder, a little more uh, firmer of a meat cut, mm. beef cut. Okay. This is this is a very tender. Think of the top of the <laughs> of the of the of the cow, kind of like maybe on top of the lower back, where mm. The, the muscles aren't really being used. That nice, juicy fat just sits there right on top of the, right on top of the butt. Very, uh, very calm and relaxed. Like, mm. <laughs> just yeah, just so uh, so tantalizing. Just you know, beef right, from the sure. butt. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, we're actually vegetarians, but I'm thinking about crossing to the other side now. Just after hearing that, I, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. If you're a vegetarian and you occasionally eat beef butt, I think that's, that's yeah, yeah. totally totally acceptable. Yeah, exactly. As long as you get it like fresh off of the butt, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. A nice butt. Rip, rip, rip it yeah. off with your teeth. Beef, yeah. beef, beef butt, beef butt salads. That could be a, mm. a vegetarian type type restaurant for sure. Beef butt salads. It has a little <laughs> ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> but sorry, growth mindset at the gym and working out. Uh, you're, you you mentioned this because I believe you have a new. A project up in the works related to fitness and working out and stuff? Yeah, my wife, she's incredibly motivated when it comes to fitness. and She goes to the gym twice a day. Literally in the morning, she'll wake up two hours early if she needs to. So sometimes it's 5 a.m. And she'll work all day and then she'll come home and work out again because she makes it a priority in her life. So tons of motivation. She's inspiring. She... she uh, uh, could be a great example of growth mindset. So, yeah, I'd say ten years ago, maybe she she was not happy with her body. She was thin, and she wanted to, to be thicker. She wanted to have more muscle, bigger legs, kind of that Brazilian style, you know. Maybe so I she, guess you could say in English to bulk up. Would that make sense? She definitely wanted to bulk up. Yeah, bulk up. Uh, gain, uh, to gain muscle, muscle mass. Sure. More muscles. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, we're talking years of effort of going to the gym, lifting weights. Sometimes we just call this lifting. Um, mm. 
you know, doing squats, which are, you know, squatting down, bending down with your legs with a big bar, a weight bar on your shoulders. Those are squats. And so years of putting in hard work, eating more than she wanted to, eating tons of potatoes, um, and getting to that point. So she's actually, at this stage, she's, she's not growing her mindset as much. She's more about just growing her body. However, there are a lot of things she needed to learn. And she could have just said, well, you know what? I'm thin. I'm not somebody who works out. I'm somebody who can just stay this way and I'll just be happy. Or she's like, you know what? If this person, if this chick over here has a big booty and big <laughs> muscles, uh, why can't I get that big booty? You know? Uh, <laughs> booty. And booty she, would be a butt, by the way. But, You're talking about right. the. Uh, Beef booty. The rump steak from the, you know. <laughs> the booty steak. The, be- the beef booty. The beef, beef booty, booty salad. That could be a new thing. Yeah, beef booty. Yeah. <laughs> booty, booty, Sorry. booty. We'll so, stop talking about your wife's booty. That's fine. She's, she's, <laughs> she, we're, we're all proud of my wife's booty. <laughs> so it took her years, but she, she could have stopped. She could have stayed fixed. I am this way. Or she could have said, you know what? If I do something for the next few years and I do it well – and I do it deliberately, focusing on the right things, like eating enough, working out, doing the right exercises, not eating the food that I shouldn't be eating. If I focus on this, I will get to the point where I want to get. And she she did. And she still does because it's not something that you stop at. She can still improve in growing not only her, her, her body, but growing her, her, her brain and her knowledge about this, this subject. Mm-hmm. So... Very good example. It can be. It's the same thing when you're talking about English. Is mm-hmm. you can grow your English muscle, and it just comes down to focusing on the right strategies, the right tactics. And when I talk about the right strategies and the right tactics, these are the right strategies for each individual learner. Of course, mm-hmm. there's ways that work better than others, but they're not. It's not the same for everybody. Uh, if if you find what works for you, if you find what's in- enjoyable for you, then that's right for you. So. Mm-hmm. Focusing on that, doing that daily for not months, but for years. Don't be lazy. This is going to take a long time. Learning a language, becoming fluent in a language takes, takes a long time, uh, mm-hmm. period. You know? and, and if you focus on that, then you will get there. And then you'll be done. You'll be like, you know what? I'm well, not necessarily done, but you'll be there. And you're like, I'm, I speak English great. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's, let's, uh, let's do something else now because you've mm-hmm. achieved that. And you've, you've grown in that area. And it is possible for anyone um, you you can take a you could take a, a a guy from a very simple background or a girl uh, and no education maybe they didn't even go to high school coming from a very simple farm let's say in Mexico and then they come to the U S they stay here they wash dishes they whatever they're doing they're around English but they want to learn English in a, in a few years time they're an English speaker and they don't have any of the benefits that somebody with a high level of education has mm-hmm. it's possible it's possible it's for just their, their own will um so I'm, will. Just, I'm just plugging in my charger here before we die uh okay cool uh yeah i guess um right. one one thing that i think is interesting too just to i mean we're kind of running out of time here so just one last kind of idea is um you're mentioning like the gym for example and making a comparison of like working out at the gym to like learning english and one thing that I think, you know, maybe it could be um, very similar in those two activities is, for example, if you go to the gym, often the reason you start working out 
is more for like you know like aesthetics and oh I'm too thin or I'm too fat or I don't look good I'm not happy with my body it's the same thing kind of with English learning like, oh I need to get a job I need to go to university I need to do this and do that these these reasons for starting but then once you start working out you kind of like you start realizing other benefits like oh I'm I'm um I feel better I'm more flexible I, my breathing is much more solid you know or just like these other little things that you, you don't notice and you don't even realize the benefit of until you actually start going to the gym. And I think maybe sure. you could make a similar comparison with, with English and especially, for example, you're doing, you're teaching them English, but you're also like bringing them cool information in English. So they're kind of like, wow, through my learning English experience, I'm getting all these extra benefits. And that's like, you know, maybe I, I'm never going to be like finished with my learning because it's all just one continuous thing that I'm going to... I love doing it now. I'm going to keep doing it. It's opened me up. Like I like working out your wife. She didn't like, hey, I've managed to reach the point I want. Now I'm going to stop. It's like, now I'm just going into like maintenance mode or just continuing doing it because I kind of love it, you know? Sure. So a passion for it. Yeah, developing, almost developing a love for something. And, and that's a great point too, Chad, I think, because sometimes we, we can struggle. We, we can literally not like something, not enjoy doing something based simply on the fact that we're not good at it um, mm -hmm. or you, maybe you have a job that you hate and often that's because one, we're not doing very well and so we feel a lot of pressure to get better or two, maybe we're not being challenged enough to, to make it more interesting. So becoming good at something often increases the level of how much we like that, that aspect. Mm -hmm. So you might hate English right now or you don't like it. Uh, but that's also probably because it's difficult for you. Um, and the more you improve on that, the more you'll enjoy it. Because also, too, with English, I mean, you're not learning English just to speak English. You're learning English to communicate with the world, to open your world up to, to so many more things that are shared and connected with, connected through online, through English. Uh, mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very, very good point. Um, and, and, and also one more thing I want to say about this, uh, this mindset thing and this growth mindset is for parents, and I mentioned it a, a, a few minutes ago, it's very important to, to teach your kids about this at an early stage. And one, one thing they recommend is if your child does well on something um, or if they don't do well on that, it, it comes down to the effort they put into that, not the actual result. So... They get a good grade on a test. You say, wow, you did great on this test. You got an A. That's perfect. That is the non-growth mindset way of doing it versus great job. You worked so hard on this test. Look at the result. Look at, look at how much – look at how mm – -hmm. look at the results your effort brings. Could you, and I if see. you got a bad, bad result, say, could you have worked harder on this? Did you put all your effort into this or did you spend too much time playing video games? You know, so focusing on the effort and the tactics and the approaches you take to doing certain things and not the result. And parents should really try to spread this message to their children. And also English learners should, should focus on the process and the, and the strategies and the tactics and the effort that they're putting in each and every day and not the result of this very intangible thing in the future of speaking English fluently, whatever that means, you know. Mm -hmm. So focusing on the process, focusing on the learning process and not focusing on the result that you get from that. That's awesome, man. 
Awesome tips, and um, I think we can probably wind it up there. I think I, I'm feeling pretty motivated to go and just start learning new stuff right now. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm also. I, I, I'm really uh, in the mood for some beef butt. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about your wife? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Picanha, that, that's that we could we yeah we could call it, she's she's a picanha for sure no no as they say in Brazil she's filet 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 mignon right filet okay okay <laughs> F- filet mignon is a topic for a, a whole nother day okay okay <laughs> awesome well um big thank you for uh, for hanging out with us man it's been nearly an hour just chatting shoot, shooting the shit a little bit here. Shoot very, shoot. Uh, very educational, very just cool and fun. Yeah, man. As you guys are, you guys at real life are great. Always fun to connect with. <laughs> cool, man. So if uh, if the listeners want to learn more about about uh, feel good English and get some, you know, uh, weekly weekly podcasts, learning English and some positive positive feel good vibes, there. How can they find you? So yeah, you too can become more fluent in life and English. Just kidding. So, <laughs> so that was the uh, the con man voice, man. <laughs> that was a real Kevin Conwell. For only ninety nine ninety nine, you too can become a great person in life. <laughs> oh my God! I've always wanted to become a greater person, and it's so cheap. <laughs> so, if you, uh, so yeah, go to feelgoodenglish.com. Uh, you can find more info there. You can also find my podcast. The Feel Good English Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. If you're new to podcasts, the best way to listen to a podcast like mine, like your guys' podcast, is download an app like Stitcher. If you don't have an uh, iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you use the iTunes app and connect to one of these podcasts, subscribe to these podcasts. and So Feel Good English. You can find more about these lessons. This is what I talk about. So if you enjoyed these ideas from today's podcast, you can find a lot more of these types of lessons on my website. I provide transcripts for English learners to make it easier for you to learn these lessons and to study more deliberately. Um, yeah, so find me at Feel Good English. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us one more time. And for all you listeners out there, you'll hear from us next week on Real Life English. Can I get an aw oh, yeah? One, two, three. Aw yeah. Beef butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sexes of sea, we've got it twisted in this lucid dream. Baptized in boundaries, schooled in sin, divided by difference, sexuality and skin. Oh, so we can hate each other. 
and fear each other We can build these walls between each other Baby, blow by blow and brick by brick Keep yourself locked in, yourself locked in Yeah, we can hate each other and fear each other We can build these walls between each other Baby, blow by blow and brick by brick Keep yourself locked in, yourself locked Before they scar 